Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, July 13th, 2020. Welcome to another week of episodes. Really excited about our guests this week. A full slate, a full lineup ahead. Going to be a great week of shows. Already excited about everyone we got coming on. Uh, very excited about t- t- today's guest, uh, Trevor Lynn. I met him through another friend. He's a uh, he's a cousin of my, my roommate, Mike Jarbo, actually. And just a great guy all around, uh, full of energy. He's uh, quite humorous. He works on elevators. He used to be in the Coast Guard. He uh, does a little stand-up comedy. It's like a hobby, you know, a little bit here and there. Uh, and so he's got a great appreciation for comedy and also just the everyday uh, laughter that, that uh, you know, we kind of all go through in our lives. So we're going to talk about a lot of different things. He's a really big hockey fan, specifically the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the Kings had some good years a couple years ago. Not Not too many good years recently, but... Hopefully that will all change. So we're going to talk about all those things with Trevor, some of his interests. He lives in the uh, La Crescenta area, kind of uh, out that way, Glendale, Pasadena. Kind of been around that area a lot of his life, but he's also moved around quite a bit. Done some traveling with the Coast Guard and and other things. So we'll touch on all those things. Uh, Just an absolute pleasure to sit down with him and, and record. He was actually gracious enough to come over this weekend tying into kind of our weekend recap. He came over on Saturday and he's a really good cook. He's a great chef. He, he cooks up a a lot of, a lot of good food. He did that for a lot of our guests this weekend. As we were watching the UFC fights on Saturday, he did a bunch of tri-tips and chicken and corn on the cob. Just an absolute uh, pleasure to have him over, not just for his cooking, but because we had some fun as well. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of laughs we'll say. So just an absolute uh, great time over the weekend, hanging out with him, the roommates, uh, the girlfriend, a few friends were over, just a good time. Nothing too big, nothing too serious, but recapping the fights, man, uh, it was really cool to see the fights on UFC's Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Uh, a lot of good fights, some controversial decisions or judging, uh, had a little bit of everything, a few knockouts uh, early, um, but the main event, Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman, Kind of a letdown a little bit. I mean, Usman really dominated the whole fight, and uh, that was somewhat to be expected. I was pulling for Masvidal, as a lot of people were, but I think Usman is uh, the champion for a reason. Anyway, we won't get too much into the fight and everything, Just but uh, looking forward to more good fights uh, with the UFC and just really appreciate everything they do. I, I got to say, Dana White, I was thinking about this this weekend. Dana White's got to be the best president, the best commissioner, whatever you want to call him in all of sports. Uh, He always gets deals done. He's always dealing with a lot of egos and uh, different things he's got to adjust to, specifically right now with the COVID lockdown, finding places to fight. 
<laughs> they secured an island and they're doing that in Abu Dhabi over the weekend and they're going to continue to do that Wednesday and Saturday going forward. So for you non-UFC fight fans, I, I think uh, painting a picture uh, of Dana White, he's just a great leader. I really appreciate what he does for the sport and uh, theoretically for all sports because other commissioners, I hope, look at somebody like him who's successful and doing uh, what's best for the sport in moving forward and, uh, you know, let, letting the fans know that they're appreciated as well and putting out good content. So can't say enough about Dana White, UFC. Main event was a little bit of boring, but you know what? It was hyped up so much that that was to be expected, I guess. But the thank you again, Trevor Lynn, for being here and for cooking up for us on Saturday and a little bit of Sunday morning too, the little breakfast action, and then the recording with me on Sunday afternoon. Just an absolute blast. A lot of laughs. Can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. One other thing I was thinking about over the weekend is that with sports coming back, and although those there's not fans uh, in the stands, I got thinking about uh, you know attending games versus watching them on television. And we don't have the option right now to go to games. Our guest uh, today on the program, Trevor Lynn, was a season ticket holder to uh, the LA Kings for a while. So he was a guy that went to games a lot. He still watches games on television as well. But for me, I used to be such a diehard in going to games, really try to get out to a bunch of games, uh, Dodger games specifically, because they were pretty affordable. Uh, you know, the Rams being back in LA, I've gone to a couple games. I went to three last year, one being on the road. Uh, but, but anyway, it just, it just makes you think like there's nothing quite like being there, but the way prices are these days, uh, the, the way crowds are, it's, I don't know, right now we're, we don't have that option, right? But you think more and more about it when crowds do come back is I'm wondering if there will be this surplus of uh, fans buying tickets. If, if people are craving to get out to games that much, or if people just get a little comfortable being at home and watching on television, right? Because man, honestly, when you're at home, you can control the temperature. You got uh, a short line or no line for the restroom, right? Or, or uh, ordering food or just grabbing another drink or whatever it may be. So being at home has its advantages for sure. But there's nothing quite like being at the event itself and seeing it firsthand and seeing it all come together. And that's something we've uh, been missing out on here for a few months because of COVID-19 and everything. One of the best ideas, though, I saw was on uh, social media and it was it showed all these cars out in a drive through drive through. uh, No, excuse me, a drive in movie theater parking lot. And on the screen, it showed a baseball game and it said, you know what, this is probably the best idea to do for the summer. Every every city should have this, whether it be for uh, Major League Baseball or some other sporting event. And I thought that was pretty cool. People could be in their cars watching the sport on, on the big screen and still having that atmosphere where you could kind of cheer together and be around other people because some people, they really thrive on that, just being around others. Uh, I've become a little bit more introverted over the years and, and just, you know, I like staying home more and more <laughs> as, as I grow older. But there's something to be said, too, for being out amongst the crowd, being out uh, amongst people that have the same passions and fandom as you do. Uh, that's why concerts are great. That's why live 
music of any kind or going up to stand-up comedian shows. All those things are a lot of fun. And hopefully when the COVID situation gets settled down, we can all get back to that eventually. I think a lot of people are really craving that, whether it be getting out to a bar, a restaurant, uh, a movie theater, sporting event, something. I mean, these are things we took advantage of for a long time. And then the lockdown comes around and here we are, right? It's like, oh man, we can't do the things that we enjoy doing. But uh, you know, it is what it is. And it's just something we all have to deal with. But it's definitely got me reflecting on, things that I enjoy. Do I really need to go do those things? What do I truly want? I'm just happy sports are back in some form. Maybe some of the sports that are coming back are trying to uh, maybe not, maybe do it half-heartedly. Maybe that's not the answer. I don't know, but uh, it's nice to have something on television to watch, whether it be Fight Island uh, with the UFC, maybe some uh, Major League Baseball in uh, abandoned uh, or quiet stadiums with no one in them or even some uh, NBA. I don't know if I'm going to watch too much of that because of a lot of other things going on with the NBA, but uh, you know what? We got some options now, which is nice. And again, I've said it many times with all the sports uh, or excuse me, all the problems going on around the world and, and specifically our country these days, sports is kind of not that important to get back to, but at the same time, it sure would be nice to have something that we could all, uh, take our mind off of things and cheer for, right? Cheer for uh, whether it be a team or uh, whatever the case may be. So that sure will be nice. And we'll see in moving forward here with the second half of the summer and the second half of the year, for that matter, how things work out. I'm hopeful, but uh, there's moments where I don't know. I don't know where things are going to go. And so we'll we'll see what happens. Well, let's get to our interview with Trevor Lynn. Looking forward to you guys listening to this. It, uh, I wouldn't say it was that long, but it was a rather long one. And uh, it was fun chatting with him, sharing some laughs, and just talking uh, about a few different things that usually we don't talk about on this program, just because, uh, you know, Trevor's one of a kind. Yeah, it was a pleasure having him on. Just really excited about you guys hearing it. So let's take a quick break, then we'll get right to it with our interview with Trevor Lynn. Okay, joining us today is Trevor Lynn. He is not only the cousin of my roommates, but he is uh, a guy with a lot of different interests and experiences. He's been in the Coast Guard. He's a huge hockey fan. Uh, he does some stand-up comedy as a hobby. He is interested in a lot of different things. We'll touch on all of them here shortly. Let's welcome him first. Trevor Lynn, welcome not only to the show, but to our illustrious studio here uh, in Eastvale, California. This is a beautiful studio. <laughs> I have 21 confirmed kills this morning. <laughs> Not talking about Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We have a serious uh, fly issue out here, and we have some solid weaponry to, to use, right? They're... Yeah, extermination tools. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, come on. It's better than us. Well, Trevor, uh, you, you've been so gracious the past couple of days being here in Eastvale at our home, hanging out with us, but also doing a ton of cooking for us. We, we ship you all the way out from La Crescenta to come all the way out here to Eastvale and, and cook for us for a couple of days, whether it be barbecue or some breakfast things. So we really appreciate it, man. And uh, wh where did you get this, this cooking interest? I got to say, like, did you very passionate about it? It's pretty cool to see. Um, I got it just simply out of necessity. My mom never cooked. And she, when she did, it was, she makes pretty good chili, but that's about it. And that then that was about twice a year. So 
yeah, out of necessity, I learned how to cook well because I like to eat good food, but I was never exposed to it. So, um, yeah. And once I got, <laughs> once I got up to the Coast Guard, that's when it really, really kicked in. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, I can tell you definitely have some experience. You throw together some uh, items rather quick. Uh, you came out this weekend to watch some fights with us and just hang out with some friends. And you, you asked me, or I guess I asked you, Hey, what are we going to cook up this weekend? And you sent me the shopping list. And I thought, because you have a very dry sense of humor that I can appreciate. I thought you were screwing with me with some of the things <laughs> you were having me buy. You said, yeah, get some Persian cucumbers and some Japanese tomatoes. And I was like, okay, I don't know much about shopping, <laughs> cooking, or any of that. I was like, is he serious? I thought it was a racist joke. Yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Something or other. I was like, oh, my goodness. All right. But sure enough, I found some items. I learned a few things. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun watching, man. And, yes, you – you cook uh, some great food. We had a great barbecue on Saturday, great breakfast here on Sunday, and just uh, looking forward to our next uh, food uh, fiasco, if yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. I think next time we ought to like, try doing, like, let's go for Italian or something. Let's oh. make some fucking pizzas. You know? I'm in. I am. Oh, I just can't say that on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, Trevor, you know, we talk a little bit about everything here on the podcast, and I wanted you to come on because – uh, you got a very uh, unique outlook, I'll say, on life. You you do some stand-up comedy. You're a big hockey fan. You, you work on elevators for a living. I mean, you, you, very, you, you're kind of doing it all, if you will. So let, let's start with uh, the elevator thing to okay. start with. Like, because that's what you're kind of doing every day. Uh, what is that like? Do you, I mean, are you saving lives every day? Just keeping no. the elevators from falling? What's the Absolutely deal? Absolutely not. Okay. It's, elevators are about the safest machines you could ever step in. If you, I mean, think about how many times an elevator has to stop and start every single day mm -hmm. in a building. I mean, it's it's insane. And for the for the amount of starts and stops and the lack of fatalities, <laughs> I mean, you would you you'd sooner die in a car accident. So, but yeah, uh, modernization is what I do. Okay, modernization. So how does how did you get involved in that? I mean, was that just something you saw one day or did someone bring it up? I mean, were you working kind of some other equipment I'm, stuff or what? Yeah. I've always been pretty mechanical, but, uh, uh also third generation. My, my grandfather was in the trade and mm. my, you know, my dad was in the trade, a bunch of my dad's friends. So I kind of, um, got absorbed into it, but a little bit later in life. And most of your operations are in downtown Los Angeles. Is that right? Most of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everywhere to Newport coast and I've done one in Barstow. I mean, oh, wow. it's, but yeah, mostly in downtown LA, <laughs> which is cool because I get to access parts of the city that not many people get to see. Yeah. You know, LA is one of those interesting places where, you know, people who aren't from here, they think it's this, just this glamorous area with uh, right by the beach and Hollywood is this great area but, you know, you're someone, you grew up in La Crescenta. You've lived a lot of different places. Uh, I would say you're probably a true LA guy, LA guy right? I yeah, mean, definitely. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, what could you tell me about just your general thoughts of, of Los Angeles to those who don't know it or those who do know it, <laughs> the area here, uh, Hollywood, all the things you like getting out and around the city. So kind of what are your general thoughts with just the city of Los Angeles? My, my general thoughts are it's becoming increasingly harder to get around the city of L.A. There is a lot of uh, homeless encampments and 
for anyone that's walked through a large one, it's, it's not a comfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think that our officials are, are failing us without trying to get political. I just, I, I really think that it's gone from a place that I really like to be to a place that's, it's turning scary. Yeah. It's getting scary. It's very scary. What's interesting is uh, you go one mile, one direction, and it is the the most expensive mansions uh, and, and nice area you'd ever see. You go a mile the other direction, and it's uh, Skid Row. Uh, just, yeah. It's encampments, and it's bad. It's really bad. I don't know what the solution is. There's no is. more Skid Row. It's Skid it's, Grid now. Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It is. I, I've driven some uh, Uber and Lyft passengers uh, through uh, that area, tourists and such, and they are just in shock. And I kind of chuckle because I've seen it a bunch of times, but to some of them, they are in shock. And I'm just like, yeah, welcome to uh, Tinseltown. This is, yeah. this is what LA is. <laughs> One of the first elevators I ever worked on was on fifth and San Pedro, which is like, Ooh. for the, for those of you who aren't from here, <laughs> fifth and San Pedro is the very pulsating heart of Skid Row. And, and it, it was a halfway house and there were needles in the pit and, it was, it was a scary, that was a scary place. There was a, there was a couple bums that scared us <laughs> from walking around with baseball bats. You're like, God damn. Yeah. It's, oh man. But they're not bums. They're homeless people. <laughs> they're just down on their luck. Yeah. Fuck. I, I hear you there. It's, uh, it, it's, I don't know what the solution is, uh, if there is a solution or not, but you're right. Our, our leaders have some uh, real work ahead of them. And so I don't know, to me, sometimes it's almost like some of this stuff is just ignored and like, well, that's how it is. And again, without getting into politics too much. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, this is, this is LA now type of thing. And it's, it's yeah. unfortunate. It's it used to be a really nice place that people used to have a good time visiting, but you know, I, I'm not going to always say it was fucking Tinseltown. Yeah. Like, it's always been <laughs> kind of scary, but uh -huh. it just had less scary corners to it. Definitely. And, and growing up in the La Crescenta area, I mean, you're a guy, you can get to downtown LA pretty quick. You can get to Hollywood, uh, even West LA, not too far from there. So there's some options. I mean, was it always kind of nice being in that area or you lived other yeah, places, but you know, I like that hub yeah. like, because it's far enough away from the city that you can have some peace and quiet at night, but it's close enough to everything that, you know, I mean, sure, there's some parts that are inaccessible, like <laughs> East Vale, and <laughs> yeah, we are we are pretty far out here. You know, it's funny as I always call it uh, east of the 605, right? That's, yeah. that's that's where Arizona starts. That's the fucking <laughs> California Arizona border. It's the 605. Uh, that's that's interesting. <laughs> well, the same thing. Driving people around in Uber, and you know, I may start my day in, in East Vale when I was driving for Uber Lyft, and then I end up in West LA or deep South Orange County, and to the local, some people never go anywhere. Like West LA, they'll be like, wait, where's East Vale? Or where's, yeah, Co yeah. where's Corona? And it's yeah. like, where's La Crescenta? There's La Crescenta, yeah. <laughs> East of the 605. I'm like, okay, well, people are very regional here. We're very spread out, but uh, it's not that far away. No, it's really not. It's uh, really not. Well, well, real quick, we won't talk about him too much, but you know, you are the cousin of my roommate, Mike Jarbo. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, what has that been like growing up over the years? What were you two guys like growing up in a similar area? Just, I mean, were you guys thick as thieves? I see you two together now, and I just shake my head and thinking, "Oh man, these guys must have caused all kinds of trouble." Yeah, kids. <laughs> we definitely, we definitely did. Um, I caused a lot more trouble than he did. There's no <laughs> fucking doubt about that. <laughs> but, but he, I don't know. He was always. 
I could always go to my cousins because they were all so close. So I was very lucky in that respect that I could always go to my cousins and, you know, laugh and, and have a good time and, and talk about space balls, you know, <laughs> and, and just, just have a good time. And, and, you know, my mom, my mom used to go, Oh, you, you guys, you, you're not, you're always laughing together. <laughs> you know, How dare you? Bad, dare you? <laughs> what are you kids? You're, you're you always laughing. such stupid stuff too. It's like, just because you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, you're stupid. No. <laughs> We're kids, mom. We're, we're uh, 30 years old. Leave yeah. us alone. 30? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, I knew Mike through baseball, and, and we've gotten along well and uh, been roommates now three years, uh, out here in Eastvale over a year now. And, yeah, we know uh, you, you have a few, few flights to get your way out here, you know, uh, changing planes in Ontario or whatever, but we appreciate you coming all the way out here to uh, visit us occasionally. It's Dude, been fun. It's fun. You know, we all got to – I don't know when we're going to get to see live sports again, mm -hmm. but I got to come out here once and then we all go to the rain game. Yes. You know, like, oh man, oh. absolutely, man. And, and you know, Trevor, I'm a huge sports fan. always has been. Uh, but as I've grown older, there's a few sports I've really gotten into a little bit more than some of the other ones. And, uh, you know, Here's number one's MMA. Yeah, I've, I've really grown into it. MMA, boxing, like, yeah. uh, I like the events that they put out on Saturday nights. It's like this because uh, here's here's a big reason. We'll touch on hockey in a second because I know you're a huge hockey guy. Is I like, I like that, live entertainment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I just love that there's no B with all these rule changes and all these other sports and everything. Yeah, safety this, safety that. I mean, hockey you can still go crack somebody. Fighting, of course, is a combat thing. So uh, yeah, but but before I got into combat sports, hockey man, I started watching more and more hockey, and I was like, this is. For me, it's better than basketball. It's about oh, yeah. the same time. You know, it's skating around. It's uh, low scoring, but it's not like soccer. I know maybe you like soccer. I'm not a big soccer guy, but I just love guys on the ice talking smack, backing it up. I mean, it's just great stuff. Where, where did your love of, of hockey really come from? It came, It really came, I mean, pretty recently in my own life, at least maybe 15 years ago. It's probably when I first started watching. No. Couldn't have been 15 because that was the hockey lockout. Yes. Probably six, uh, 14 years ago is when I really started getting into it. And and I would go to these LA Kings games and, and they were, for those of you who know the team, they were <laughs> horrific. They were terrible <laughs> in 2006. And, uh, but I really had a good time. I really enjoyed being in the environment. The only people that were there really were diehards. And then a few people who like accidentally took their date to a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just, I don't know. They just, they captured me. Mm -hmm. And within two years, I was like a half season ticket holder because I was already going to 22 games a, a year. And I'm like, oh, I might as well just get into it. Yeah. And I did, you know. Well, and then soon after that, uh, out of, well, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but the LA Kings had never won a Stanley Cup before. And, uh, you know, a couple of titles. That there. was a shocking year, yeah. that 2012 year, because we, we almost didn't even make it into the playoffs. Uh, we snuck into the 8th seed. 8th seed, baby. And I think we were the first team in sports history to be an 8th seed and win a title. I believe that's correct. I believe so, that's correct. So yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Like, and I 
I got to be there for every single one of those games, all the home games. Like, <laughs> and and we were just like bitch slapping people on the road. Then we come back and bitch slap people at home. <laughs> so like, oh man, what a time! That was such an experience. That was you know to to have the LA Kings do that because they've been around here a while. And you know, yeah, you could argue it's probably more than anything a Laker town. The Dodgers oh, are yeah, are a big sure. following. But there's something about the LA Kings, and I gotta tell you, they got a great fan base that not many people know about. I mean, no, LA no. Kings fans are passionate people. They are absolutely some of the most passionate people I've ever seen. I mean, I mean, when you meet an LA Kings fan and you are an LA Kings fan, you're not necessarily going to get along with them, but <laughs> you just give each other that knowing nod. All right, cool. Yeah, we we both know what we're talking. You know, and then of course you get those Kings fans that have just no idea what's going they're just there to, to be seen with a group <laughs> but, but you know i i think that we have a pretty great fan base and i i think the organization is a really good organization luke robotide makes it a point to chat with his fans whenever he runs india and, and you know uh, i think rob blake as much as people don't want to see it is succeeding in la as mm-hmm. a general manager and, and i think you know Dean Lombardi laid a really good base in LA and absolutely. And you know what? The past couple of years, uh, it goes without saying have been extremely brutal. disappointing. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> brutal. It, it Horrendous. canceled my season tickets, by the way. So oh. after, <laughs> after 13 years of season tickets, I, I, I stopped. <laughs> it's sad because, you know, I'm always just like, okay, you don't have to be in the finals. It's like, dude, just, just be, be relevant, be in the mix. Like, cause because as we've seen, anything can happen if you get in the playoffs. And, man, just to not have that the past couple of years, coaching changes, all these things that have happened, yeah. it's been really frustrating. Yeah. Like, man, I, I, I don't, I've kind of grown away from the Lakers a little bit, the Dodgers too. For me, the Kings, it's like, okay, oh, these man, are guys. I hope my buddy Jay doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I'm like, the Kings, okay, well, I, I at least can tell they're, playing hard yeah you know hockey you can tell that oh you can't yeah there's only what 750 professional Mm -hmm. professionally paid hockey players Mm -hmm. if you're not working hard you're you're gonna get bumped out man (laughs) (laughs) oh and as as you mentioned earlier like right up the street really from us is the ontario rain and uh, we still have yet to go to a game there's no season this year of course but uh we, we would like to get to a game and it's the minor league hockey of the LA Kings. And they, you know, it's pretty cool that, that they have that there are minor league affiliates really around, uh, you know, that just started though. Yeah. Cause their, their minor league affiliate had, they've always had the Ontario rain, but they used to be like in baseball terms, they used to be like a double A. Okay. And their, their triple A organization would be the, would have been the Manchester Monarchs. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the NHL made a decision to make all the, you know, all the camps closer to the teams. Makes sense. Makes sense. You got to call players up in an emergency, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but they, uh, I'm so sorry. Please edit this podcast. <laughs> no. huh? They, anyway, they swapped. So now the Monarchs are out in Manchester and, mm-hmm. and they, uh, and they're the double A affiliate yeah. now. And the Rain are now the triple A affiliate. And it's, <laughs> It's really, really, really awesome. I, I love those games. No, it's it's all you know. Any minor league game, baseball is is one that has a ton of minor league teams and everything. But but hockey, yeah, to go and see guys 
where it's a max effort sport. I mean, there's yeah. there's X's and O's in it too, but it's a it's an effort game, and that's one of the reasons I like it. And uh, you gotta love some of the the fighting that goes on too. You know, guys want to scrap. Hey, let's go. Well, fine, let's let's see how tough you, you really know, are. Yeah, you know, you learn as you watch the game that there's there's rules to like the scraps. Like it's not just two guys. Sometimes it is two guys that got so so heated that mm-hmm. they can't keep their hands off each other. You know? <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool that they allow them to do that because it is a very um, emotional sport. Yeah. It moves really fast, and you know you may not intend to hit that guy with your elbow, but there's a lot of guys who do. <laughs> One of my favorite things is uh, you can look it up on YouTube or wherever is to look up mic'd up hockey players. Oh, and it's the best. The things those guys say. Oh, you're like what? That's a word. Like you hear some. Oh the, my goodness. The, be- the best one I ever saw was uh, Drew Doughty telling Corey Perry from the Ducks that you suck at hockey. You suck at hockey as you're fucking skating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's just straightforward it's like <laughs> oh my god dude you're so bad at hockey bro it's like oh my goodness yeah. hilarious and, they, and and they just call each other motherfucker they call yeah. each other cocksuckers out there <laughs> Yeah, you little bitch, you little pussy. Like, oh, and I do. You know, I've heard referees. Referees, you know, will tell guys that coaches the the glass they're right right across from each other and, uh, and everything. It's just an intense game. I don't know how games finish sometimes with the intensity out there. Guys hitting each other, talking smack all game long, and uh, but there's this respect too at the end of the day, right? Like, can you can you handle this? And it's yeah. that's what I love about. They it. all have a very very respectful opinion of of the game itself mm-hmm. and the people that play it with them. So there are guys, of course, that are instigators and troublemakers, <laughs> but, but for the most part, like, and, and every time I've met a professional hockey player, they're always very gracious. They're very nice guys. Like they're not, they're not every other sport. Yes. Like, these guys that are totally wrapped up in their own heads. Of, I'm so great. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have your outliers, of course, mm-hmm. but for the most part, like, when I when I met Drew Doughty, nice kid, like super nice kid. Dustin Brown, totally humble. Like Andre Kopitar. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Like <laughs> like he's thanking me for like being at his games and like supporting the team. Yeah. Oh, that's great stuff. And I think I mean obviously hockey players are pretty big dudes, but I think from what you're saying, it sounds like the way they carry themselves, you almost wouldn't know they're a professional athlete. You wouldn't. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. You would think that they were they were just guys that would get together on Saturdays and play the game for the love of it. Really. <laughs> it's it's got a, a very um humbling innocence to it. Yeah. Right? Oh dude. So so with hot with the hockey talk here, what what are your thoughts on kind of what the NHL is planning to do with this restart in in, in August? I mean, do you see it going through? Do you what are your I general just thoughts? I think it's terrible. I think it's I think that's a way to because now now the, the season it's the Stanley Cup Finals the very last day it can end on is like something like October fourth, and usually the regular season the new regular season starts on October sixth. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why you can't just put an asterisk next to that season and say there was COVID nineteen we couldn't do anything we couldn't finish the season. Yeah. Why why try to finish this season so late? And then they're probably going to try to get kind of a, a jump on the next season, you know? And, and I think a lot of guys are going to be susceptible to injuries. 
that's my biggest argument with with some of this pushing sports back. Now the NBA, they're going to play in the summer and then probably not start their season till like December ish or something. There's talk about football. But then they're going to do like an accelerated season. Or yeah, something. and then I mean, it's you got it. You bad idea. You're robbing someone to pay someone else. Like it's you got to be careful with uh, changing up the the sports calendar because at some point you got to go back to your normal time and like you're saying injuries. Uh, all kinds of issues. So I, I don't know. It, it either, I mean, if you're not going to get it in quickly, get it in, get the season, the playoffs in quick, then yeah. Why, why drag it out? Because you got to turn right around hopefully and, uh, and play the start of next season. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's, there's no perfect solution. We all know that. And sitting and here, I think they're stealing another title from my LA Kings because <laughs> um, as far as I'm concerned, I saw a Reddit post that I totally agreed with where, they said uh, that the Kings won the very last game of the regu- of the of the season uh-huh. in, in hockey for this COVID thing. <laughs> so they're by default the Stanley Cup champions. I, know, I, like, I like not? that. We were we were on a fucking seven game win streak <laughs> for the first time in the season, just I... fucking dominating because our team was mathematically eliminated. <laughs> so we're just like spoiling the time for everybody else. Dude, I was out in Vegas. I watched the the Kings take on the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights are a great team, and Kings took it to them. I'm like, man, why couldn't this happen earlier? So yeah, it's, it's crazy stuff. How much? Okay, as a as a as a Kings guy, how much do you uh, hate the Ducks, uh, the Vegas Knights? Is there any hatred there? Totally, <laughs> I, especially Vegas. Especially Vegas. Yeah, the, the Vegas Knights. They all of a sudden here comes this team, right? <laughs> and there's all these Vegas Knights fans at Staples Center to watch them, right? Mm-hmm. As the Vegas Knights are just like rolling through the first season, like perfectly, <laughs> and and they're talking shit to us, and we're like, either you were a fan of another team and became yeah. a team, this team bandwagon fan this year, or you never watched the sport before and just became a brand new fan of the sport. Either way. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you're the new, yeah, you're a new kid on the blog. Watch yeah. Stay humble, stay quiet. Just... Fuck out of here. <laughs> this shit, dude. And when they were going to win, if they had won, I would have jumped off of a fucking building and shot myself on the way down, dude. <laughs> oh, wow. I could not have handled their fans ever again. <laughs> I go, if you thought Sharks fans were bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sharks fans, you know, stop. Giants fans, uh, everything. Oh, those Northern California teams. Oh my goodness. Well, I know you're a huge hockey guy. I mean, you you're a guy that you go home and you watch multiple hockey games, right? And the NHL package, and you're you're that kind of fan. Yeah, right? yeah. I yeah. do like to watch other games um, because you know when the Kings aren't doing well, I still like to enjoy a good game. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I'll turn on a. It's always fun to watch like uh, a Montreal versus Boston. Oh, you know, yeah. The oldest rivalry in the NHL. Like, oh, man. Those, dude, those fans are so fucking funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic, man. I love the, the original six. I love the, the fan bases. Hockey fans, I got to say this. Hockey fans, are they're, they're just different. In, in not a bad way, in a great yeah, way. Yeah, they're yeah. a different group of people that I just, I love. I love the sport. I love the fan bases. Uh, and you're right. Especially some of those on the East Coast, the Canadian fans. Oh, my goodness. It's life or death. I saw a guy get punched in the face in the stands at a, a game I was watching on TV. It was a Flyers, um, New Jersey. <laughs> it was a New Jersey Devils 
Philadelphia Flyers round one game. <laughs> and that was some guys from Philly, like, holding this devil's fan by his neck while this guy just, like, jabs him in the face. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> just showing assault in the stands. <laughs> yeah, no, a little ruckus here. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a great sport. Oh, and man. I, I love it. I, I hope it comes back. Uh, you know, probably next year, and we can uh, get a fresh start, right, with everything. It's but where, where the fucking players used to fight the fans, like back in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best videos on YouTube. Just watching the fucking the one where the guy falls into the fucking penalty box with Ty Domi after talking <laughs> shit to him. And Ty Domi just beats the fucking. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, oh, it's it's a great game. It really is for those that. Think it's just some Canadian sport. I mean, no, it's it's a great game to watch. It's a world sport. Uh, it is. It's a, it's I a mean, world sport. world sport for sure. It's it's uh, the Olympics are so fun to watch. Uh, usually, the U.S. and Canada end up playing each other at some point. And man, those Canadians Kopitar came up in the Swedish leagues. Yeah, they go. Slovenian. Mm-hmm. Like... I mean, European. It's just crazy. There's so many good players from around the world. And you talk about a global game, like you're saying, it, it's it's a uh, it very much is one. Yeah, and, and you gotta love that the the national pride that people carry in their in their sport, and to come all over the world. Some other sports try it or say it, or it's a couple of countries like baseball is a lot of the, you know, there's some Asian countries, some some uh, South American, you know, countries, Dominican and Colum- all these different Venezuela, but in in hockey, yeah, it really is all over. It's all yeah. over the place. Especially yeah. in the Europe side of things, it's yeah, it's pretty crazy out there. I, that's why we drafted Kopitar. He was rated the number one European skater, <laughs> and he was projected to go second in his draft year. We drafted him eleventh. Yeah, that's fucking nineteenth best. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Uh, he, he's a great player, uh, one of my favorites for sure. And uh, you know, I told you about that documentary that the Kings Ransom. For those who haven't seen it on ESPN, so good. Uh, so well done. And you made mention last night. I mean, they kind of talk about us at the end, but if it wasn't for really that stuff happening, Wayne Gretzky coming to the LA Kings in the nineties, you know what? We, we wouldn't have seen the Anaheim ducks. We wouldn't have seen all, all these other West, Nashville. all these teams in, yeah. in the non-hockey cities, or especially the West Dallas, coast, Arizona. you know? Yeah. So it was a huge moment to, for the Kings. San Jose. Yeah. Thank you're welcome. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. That's still no no thank you card from all these yeah, all these uh, different. You heard the, who the next? You heard the, who the new affiliate is that's coming in, right? Uh, in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, Seattle. So that's that's kind of cool. Absolutely, I think it's great. I think uh, Seattle fans are, are pretty cool. Like they'll they'll really embrace the team. I think. I do. I think it's a good thing for the sport and for the city. Uh, yeah, anything West Coast, I, I'm all about, even if it's way up there in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah, that yeah. should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, Trevor, I could talk hockey all day. I could talk more sports, but we got to get to a few other things. Uh, two things I want to cover here uh, off the bat is, you know, uh, Coast Guard and comedy. Two things uh, that uh, are very different, but uh, yeah. you, t- you touched on Coast Guard a little bit. You're in for a few years. And just tell me about what your experiences were like in the Coast Guard. It, it That was a crazy time because it's so easy to succeed in the military, they make it so easy. It's all just laid out before you. Mm-hmm. you. You can only do it through ways A through D. 
you can't jump around mm-hmm. do anything like that so um everything's very structured but at the same time you meet all these people from different places mm-hmm. and it, you're just experiencing life through different lenses of the same experience and it's <laughs> it's fascinating i found it to be a very fascinating experience what what made you do the coast guard and not some other branch of the military i mean cuz honestly i don't know many people that were that were in the coast guard i mean it's a very unique uh, military branch yeah it's you know my i talked to my dad when i was going to when i was deciding to go into the military and he was a, a us marine oh kind of post vietnam era us marine um and he was stationed in okinawa japan you know all that stuff but he told me not to join a ground pounding service he said join the air force or the navy or the coast guard you know and so i went to all these different recruiters and it seemed like the coast guard like it seemed like that was the coolest one like Mm -hmm. like the most appealing and i was really lucky that i chose the coast guard because a year after i got in 9-11 happened Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i (laughs) I mean, there's a, there's a reason uh, everything happens, I guess, as they say, right? So, uh, so that so you're in the military, the Coast Guard, even at a very unique time where uh, the world is changing, especially America's changing. Uh, you know, we were under attack, and you know, you can say what you want about things that happen in the next few years, but but what was it like being in the Coast Guard at that time? Uh, four years, I think you said it was yeah, right. So we, tell me about some we, of your experiences. Well, we. It was a weird time because also the Coast Guard, you know, a year and a half into my service became the Department of Homeland Defense. We went from the Department of Transportation, but in wartime, we'd go under Department of Defense and fly under the Naval banner. Um, but yeah, it was a, that was an interesting time. And, and, but I was on a, sh- the ship I was on, I was a, I was kind of a auxiliary mechanic on the, on the ship Mm -hmm. and you know we had our extra duties and stuff and and we would be out to sea for two weeks at a time and then pull into acapulco mexico for three days (laughs) you know and and they tell you you know if you had duty we didn't ever had duty because we did auxiliary duties while underway so that when we did pull into port we could go fuck off (laughs) (laughs) you have a good time yeah yeah yeah. and 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 then we'd get, you know, be out for another two weeks and then pull into Mazatlan. But when we were out, we were out in the middle of the ocean. I mean, yeah. And you see incredible stuff in the middle of the ocean. It, it's, it's pretty crazy to, to see lightning storms from 11 miles away on a horizon, you know, wow. like forming, you see lightning wrapping around clouds at nighttime. You see the phosphoresce interacting with the dolphins. As the dolphins are swimming, you're seeing pink trails behind dolphins because you're at dark ship. So it's completely dark. And and the galaxy, which is insane. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't imagine being in the middle of the ocean like that. On, uh, I mean, how, how big was the ship that you were on? It was a 378-foot cutter. Okay. So I think our crew was 164. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. It wasn't – it was – bigger than you know typical boat mm-hmm. but it as a ship it was a very small ship you know pretty tight quarters like amongst the pretty tight quarters. yeah absolutely interesting so i had to spend a lot of time in the, you know you go out in the fantail smoke a cigarette you know bullshit but you know there's 
your your departments you all live like in the same birthing <laughs> area so we'd find fun stuff to do like that's right when the playstation 2 had come out so we would have madden tournaments you know with grease pencil on the mirror yeah with brackets and all that and so you'd find ways to entertain yourself out there but but it was already entertaining enough just yeah. seeing you know the craziness out there what about like some of the weather you'd see out on the water any any big storms or anything absolutely yeah because it was you know i did a few south patrols on that ship but i also did a few north patrols and North Patrols, we'd be in, like, um, the Bering Strait, Alaska, you know, like, <laughs> places, or Aleutian Strait, I'm sorry, I, I said Bering, it's not, um, uh, and we'd be there in February. Wow. And sometimes we'd hit some rocky weather. I remember we did, I think, 42-foot seas for, like, eight days straight mm -hmm. before we pulled into port, and that was, it was, it, it wasn't as scary on the eighth day, but on the first day, it was pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> like anything, I'm sure. Yeah, and 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 then pulling into a port and it being 40 below zero with like a, a 30 mile an hour wind blowing in the air. And, and there's not enough layers of clothing. Oh, God. What, what's the furthest uh, you, you were from home that the Coast Guard, what's the furthest the Coast Guard took you from home? Probably the Aleutian Islands. Okay. Um, and Dutch Harbor, Alaska, uh, maybe Panama. I'm not sure what. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some some of the places. Yeah. Somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, but it was so much fun. It was like you, the camaraderie. Oh, we yeah. all worked together. Everyone worked hard because you had to work hard. You're on a ship. You got to keep it moving. You know. <laughs> and and if you're a deckhand, you've got to paint the ship. You got to keep the ship from rusting. You yeah. know. If you're it, everybody has their their duty to to keep that ship looking nice and running nice. Well, and and I don't want to sound old ship. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to sound too ignorant here, but for those who may not know, kind of about the Coast Guard, like what are some of the the primary duties? Uh, I mean, you, you said you're out in the middle of the ocean at times, and you know, going to a lot of different places. But what are some of the primary uh, goals or duties of the Coast Guard? Uh, whether it be wartime or non-wartime, you know, some of the yeah, differences. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, you know, our duty was uh, interdiction. And what it was is we'd be out in the ocean, you know, out in the middle, and we would be checking unmanifested ships that are headed for the U.S. Mm. You know, I mean, that's that's already kind of a little suspect. So, so you, you know, you would always get... A little bit of blowback. We were we were like cops on the ocean, and okay. <laughs> and it it was it was a cool thing to be a part of for sure. Um, but I I do think that there's definitely some like shady behavior going on still. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but I don't really want to get into that. Oh no, and no and I just think that the mission was fun, mm -hmm. and and. You know, I, I not only spent time on a ship, I also spent time at communication station, which was a completely different experience. Um, but yeah, the, the ship's primary mission would be drug interdiction okay. or migrant interdiction. Yeah. You know, and, well, there's a lot of, lot of water in the world and especially around yeah. the United States. So uh, sure, plenty to uh, plenty of uh, yeah. things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, some of the craziest stuff would be like, the things on the ship, like there was a 76 millimeter cannon on the front end of the ship. Wow. 
And when that thing discharges, <laughs> there's not a place on the ship that you don't hear that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that thing booms through the whole ship. And, and what is, what is, uh, I should ask this at the beginning, but what is kind of the process with the Coast Guard? Like, what is the, the uh, I don't know, the basic trainings, what you hear for like other branches? So, what, what is it kind of like to in, get involved? It's Cape May, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, you land in Philadelphia and then you take a bus to Cape May. It's the worst bus ride you've ever taken in your <laughs> life. But, uh, but you know, this is when you leave the military processing center after you've uh-huh. passed your tests or whatever, and you're, they figure out kind of what your aptitude is. And, and, um, yeah, you just, you go to Cape May, New Jersey, and then a bunch of people come onto the bus screaming in your face, <laughs> knocking hats off your head and doing all kinds of fun stuff. And, and then you're locked in for eight weeks. Wow. And it was fun though. I, I, really adapted and overcame in boot camp. Like I became a squad leader because I was the typical person to join the military is 18. I was 21. So I'm not saying I had a shit ton more life experience, but you know, enough to it was a big change there. Yeah. Enough to, to know how to guide things. So mm-hmm. I got to become the squad leader and I stayed the squad leader for you know, the remaining four weeks. And- yeah. Outstanding. Uh, well, what okay, so you did it for four years, and at that time, uh, it was just like you know what, this was a good run, but I'm ready to kind of move about my life and just kind of you had done your you done your term, we'll say, or, or yeah, the terminology I had, is. I had a disagreement with one of my superiors, and one that I did, didn't find to be a just disagreement. Uh-huh. So I I just stopped because I would have had to be at that base for another, you know. Uh, at least like two years of my duty and I I was not willing to sacrifice two more years of my life. Um, If, if it hadn't been for that situation, I probably would have stayed. Interesting. Yeah. Huh? Well, uh, you know, that's, that's interesting stuff. Again, I hadn't heard much about the coast guard and uh, I know that, uh, you know, they're, they're very active. They're active doing a lot of things that maybe people don't know of or hear about. So yeah. Yeah. It's interesting stuff, man. It sounds like you had a good overall good experience. Great experience. Yeah. Wouldn't you trade it? it? No, definitely not. Awesome. Well, that that's that's great stuff, Trevor. Well, let's talk about uh, something completely different than than maybe uh, the Coast Guard and, and comedy, specifically stand up comedy. You're somebody that does that, uh, does a, some stand up uh, as a hobby. As a hobby, yeah. yeah it's a, I'm a hobbyist. Either way, people who golf as a hobby, they they consider themselves golfers, right? Or at least uh, I definitely don't consider myself a comedian by <laughs> any fucking stretch of the imagination. No worries, no worries. I mean, well, you. I, I'm assuming that to have a interest, we'll say, in comedy, that had to start as a fan of comedy, a fan of other comics first, right? Before sure. you kind of dove in. So tell me about kind of your your interest in comedy, maybe some other comics, and what made you eventually, you know, just let me try this out for a fun a few times. As we had talked about earlier, you know, I had my cousins, and we would always like fuck off together and, and <laughs> laugh and, and quote movies and, and things like that. So my love for comedy was a very early love in my life. My my dad would show us movies like, like you know, Caddyshack and Blazing Saddles and, and you know, just terrible, awesome movies. And, <laughs> yeah. and we would, I don't know, we really grafted on it. I think all the people I grew up with all had senses of humor and, you know, we'd break each other's balls. 
<laughs> you know, it's, I think it happened very early for me, mm -hmm. but I was never really encouraged towards any type of show business or anything. Like, I think to my family that that seemed like an intangible, you know, <laughs> dream. And, and, uh, yeah, so I, it's something I didn't really know you could do until podcasts kind of came out mm -hmm. and I started listening to some of these comedians and then I started figuring out, oh, you could, it's just something I'm an idiot for not figuring this out earlier in my life, but I, it was something that you can just go do. And so I went and tried it and, and I really liked it. I, I bombed hard, but I liked it. Like it was a way to express myself. And so I just kept going and trying and I met some people that were cool and, and yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been quite an experience. I, I, I know the feeling exactly, obviously in doing this, I, I, I yeah. always love talk radio, uh, various topics and hearing different people. I'm like, how do you do that? And it's like, Oh, maybe I can do it. And again, bomb plenty of times early on. And I, I hope that I've gotten a little bit better at it and, you know, talk to other people who've done it. So uh, podcasts are a lot of fun. A, a comedian podcast, as I know you're a huge fan of, yeah. are, are just a blast. They are. To. It's so, it's like, I've always been a fan of, of talk as well. Mm -hmm. I used to listen to like KLSX 97.1, you know, when that was a talk radio station, <laughs> because I was always a big Corolla fan. And, mm -hmm. and, but then podcasts came around and I just remember listening to them and, you know, they would maybe toss a couple of advertisements in the beginning or the end, you know, something like that. But it was this, this form of broadcasting that we'd really never experienced before right yeah yeah it was brand the new ability to do a long-form interview really <laughs> just because you want to do a long-form interview mm -hmm. yeah and and i'm with you I, I i'm always behind i've always been behind on technology on so many different things and starting podcasting i started listening a couple years ago and i was like this is pretty great you don't have to listen to commercials a 30 second ad whatever uh but yeah adam carolla and uh, bill burr who's a comedian i mean just just uh I, I love sports, so I get to listen to the specific sports I want to listen to, whether right. it be hockey talk right. or fighting. Like I can control it, which I love. So that for me has been a lot of fun. And 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 for you, as far as as comedy goes, who are some of your guys that uh, I guess some of your idols, whether they be old school comedians or more recent guys on podcasts? Who are some of the people you know? I don't know five or six or however many you want to say who've really just you just constantly think about it. Man, that guy's funny. How does he do it? Um, well, as you know, as we've, we've been discussing for the last couple of days, I'm an insane Gilbert Gottfried fan. Like, <laughs> I think that, that that guy is, he's such a, he's such a genius. Just the way he does the, his whole shtick. It, it's so good. Mm -hmm. And, and to, to, every i think every comic respects him you know i, I think he's like a real a real idol yeah <laughs> and, and uh and george carlin was always a guy for me man he's so funny so funny oh. and and i like the you know richard Pryor. i, I loved a bunch of the stuff and gene wilder like there's just like these guys that were always consistently funny like and they had good points and and i think like uh um, Rodney Dangerfield, Sam Kennison, like I, Kennison was such a force of nature, <laughs> you know, and yeah. So. What's great about those guys is that you can flip them on 
30 minutes from now. Dice. It, it's, yeah, oh my goodness. When, when I was talking, a kid, Dice was out like. Talk about a heavy. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm like seven years old listening to these fucking nursery rhymes, right? <laughs> and and I, have you ever seen Gilbert's impression of Dice? No. Oh, no, dude. I'll have to check I'll that out. You sometime. <laughs> but, but you can look at these guys and look at. Uh, for those who who don't like you know heavy language or vulgar topics, it might not be for for everyone. But there are some comedians that really push the envelope. And what I like about a lot of the guys you just said is you can turn them on in five minutes from now, and this stuff was going on 20, 30 years ago. It's hilarious today. It's yeah. timeless. You yeah, know, it's timeless. Oh, it's it's fantastic stuff. And and I as a uh, as a uh, someone who's interested in comedy and a you know does it as a hobby too is let me ask you this in the year twenty twenty man. What is it about people that get so offended? I mean, we, we have this sensitive sensitivity issue uh, in, I'll say America specifically. I don't know all the other parts of the world, but I mean, people who complain about comics, especially after uh, shows, what what is what are we doing? Like you you realize they're jokes, right? People that's stupidity. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's nothing but stupidity. And I'm sorry to say that because I shouldn't judge people, but I kind of do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can absolutely judge away. I mean, someone tells – if you went to a comedy show thinking that you were going to hear uh, – Everything that you weren't going to be offended by. Yeah. What, and that's it. Come on. We're just we, we custom fit the show just for you. Oh, uh, yeah. You. you. Yeah, you're that important. You're, you are the one person in this room of 250 you're the one person offended 300 200 people are laughing yeah you know what i mean just wait just wait five minutes maybe the the, the roles maybe, will get flipped you well know? yeah and then maybe you'll get the con there, all right so doug stanhope is really famous for doing bits that take a long time to build up but then when they do oh boy <laughs> is it so worth it but they're funny the whole way through but yeah. then he he gets to that crescendo like he has one you know about the the nfl and, and aids and it's like it's oh boy so great. <laughs> i and i mean obviously comedy is about laughter and taking jesselneck like oh dude you're right about he's that so he's so dark dark but dark. i love that guy oh like, my he's he like one so... of the best writers ever are you kidding yeah. me like oh dude he is dark man and dry oh he doesn't have a, a another tone in his body just no. like what? What's and it? then he stands up there and he delivers he delivers that joke and he stands up there with that fucking smile on his face <laughs> and it's like he's like daring you to hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, comedy is it it's supposed to be hello, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be yeah. funny. And if you find something not funny cuz it offends your beliefs or uh, your religion or whatever, it's like okay, well let's let's wait a little bit. They'll move on to another subject. Like but to go up there and think that you're that important that I my feelings were hurt by the joke, it's like, grow up. Yeah. What are we in fourth grade? Yeah. Come on. That's so ridiculous. No, no, it's it's to be offended by art, which is very subjective. Now, now, okay, you let's make the argument that okay, well, what if I just put a bunch of swastikas on a canvas? Then people would be offended by that. It's art, right? It's mm -hmm. like, no, it's not. You're you're doing that just to piss people yeah, off. Yeah, it's not hard, agreed. you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that art is subjective, and the best thing about it, if you don't like it, you can turn away from it and never see it again. Yeah, and oh. and <laughs> so what a concept. <laughs> I yeah, what a concept! Like being able to to actually uh, not internalize mm -hmm. the, the fact that 
you know, somebody just said something that you didn't like. Oh, okay. Oh, the world yeah. goes on. Yeah. Do, do you think, I mean, we're, we're getting a little away from comedy here, but do you think because we have the, the, the social media, we have all these, every, we've almost given everybody a voice now so that it feels like their voice is more important than others. I mean, do you think some of it stems from that? That, that oh, of uh, course, you yeah, know, yeah, everybody feels very important now. You know, everyone's got to get says, their message yeah. out. And now, uh, and I wish more people would follow my message because you know the last thing I put on my Instagram uh, was about Mars glowing green. Like that's now that's something. <laughs> <laughs> like hey hey people over here like you know. <laughs> oh dude mars is going green we might have a bigger problem on our hands yeah. than this covid issue right yeah. now. no no doubt about it i mean uh just i i just i see it all the time i see everyone's offended by everything and, and uh mostly things that are said and, and and especially comedy i mean i don't know how many comedians over the years have been the audacity of people to speak up during somebody's set during someone's show that to me is like completely over the line like who are you yeah, Keep your mouth yeah shut. you kind of you kind of make it about yourself and and unless you're joe rogan <laughs> <laughs> Carlos comedian on comedian yeah, violence comedian is totally fine violence is good <laughs> that's we were just we just watched that last night yeah and we had a really good time watching it. That's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Might have to watch some more of that here soon. Yeah. Oh, dude. But uh, I mean, let's talk about you a little bit now. You've tried a little bit of it. You, you've, uh, you said you do it as a hobby. How often are you, uh, are you getting out to? I don't know what to call. Is it, is it open mic night or it open mic nights yeah. mostly? I've got like, I've gotten bookings before, but you know, nothing, nothing humongous. And you know, I've certainly gotten on some shows with some people where I was like, what? Like Pat and Oswald, you know, <laughs> yeah. and like, but, but, you know, it's, it's a hobby. I, I would, if I ever tried to do something professionally in comedy, I would be more apt to try to write jokes than perform them. Okay. I, I only perform them because it's the only way for me to gauge whether something's <laughs> funny that I've written or not. You know? <laughs> and, and, but if I could write jokes for other people, I would be, I would be happy about that. How how does one uh, come up with jokes? Is it just something that pops in your head? Is it when you're out and about in your daily life, you have a notepad, you write stuff down? You, I've heard different. You know, well, yeah, it's a ridiculous comics. situation. Like I, almost everything I see is a ridiculous situation, and <laughs> and then my brain starts thinking like, what? Well, why is this happening right now? You know, like like just recently, I was I was on a bar patio. I hadn't had a drink. I was out there to smoke a cigarette and it was an empty patio and, you know, just enjoy the, the day. And all of a sudden this guy comes stumbling out. He's got a backpack on and he goes, I got to go. They're, they're going to get me drunk. And I'm like, okay, man, well, let's, let's get you out of here. I go, I don't think you can exit. You know, I'm looking, looking around side to side. I don't think you can exit on this patio though. It's all locked up. I got to go this way. I can't go back through there. They're going to get me drunk. And I'm like, oof, like, I, I guess you can try to hop the fence, you know? I could, I don't know what to tell you, man. And I, I think, I think maybe you ought to just bite the bullet on this one. Then I see him throw his backpack over the fence to, to the parking lot. And then the way the fencing is 
around the patio, as soon as it gets to the building, it still extends for like another five feet, but there's a little gap between the building and the fence. This guy like crawls between it, like circa 1940, someone escaping fucking prison, right? <laughs> like crawls between it, like, and, and, and says, all right, man, I'll see you later. And, and then he like jumps down. I'm like, hey, have a good day. And the next thing you see on the video that I recorded was <laughs> him saying, all right, you too. <laughs> <He's just> like, <laughs> and, and it's just like, I don't understand. I, I had, I, I was altered maybe a little bit, but um, I don't understand how ridiculous shit like that seems to only happen to me or am I the only one that's noticing it because everyone's just like staring at their fucking phones all the time perhaps no that's funny man I mean I I know that a lot of comedy is based off of just real life experiences and I can tell you as a as an uber lyft driver again that this is not a glamorous oh life but it, it's so many different people that get in the back of your car and you're just like did that just really happen how is that not an HBO show yet? oh it should be you're right Oh, taxi cab confessions. Lyft or fucking Uber (laughs) confessions, man. The things I hear, I mean, I'm like, it's like people think uh, girls talking in the backseat about guys. And I'm just like, uh, I'm sitting, like, I'm driving the car. Like, I can hear everything you're saying. Or uh, guys, you know, get on the phone call and they're doing some kind of deal or something. And I'm just like, uh, like I'm a witness right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are gonna call me to test. I'm not a robot sitting here in the fucking car. I'm not the, the total recall Johnny Cab, right? <laughs> You're in a Johnny Cab. Yeah. That's oh my goodness, that's funny. That's great stuff. So uh, you so you get some video. I mean, do you do you carry a notepad just in case something comes up or no good uh, memory? If something no, I have a terrible memory. And if something comes up, as you can tell earlier on the podcast. Uh, um, if something comes up, I, I have a quick, um, widget that takes me right to my voice memos. Okay. And I'll take a voice memo and I try to take it in the text and w- context in which I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll write some of it down maybe later on in the day and then try to play with it. And usually though, it comes on a rip. Like I get something comes into my head and then it, I always, I always describe it as there's 160 me's inside there and they all have a different opinion about what's happening. And, and the one that's got the loudest mouth that day, that's, that's the guy who wins. <laughs> wow. I, I can relate a little bit to that. That's, that's pretty funny stuff. So then, then you go into, so you gather material maybe over time. And then do you have kind of, when you have a set, say you have, I don't know how, we'll say 10 minutes, 10 okay. minutes of an open mic night, uh, do you don't want to ever get an open mic? Ten <laughs> five minutes. I don't know what. The, I'm, sorry, I haven't been to too many of these. I don't know. Right, right. Uh, I don't know the time frame. No, I'm throwing no, a number we'll, out. We'll say it's a, a small show at the at the Flappers uh, YooHoo room, and I'm doing a ten minute set. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there we go. Ten minute set. I mean, do you keep that same set for I don't know a year for three months or try to throw new material? I, just, I if something gets the crowd a lot, like I'll I'll try to. I'll try to like jam on that one a little bit, okay. but yeah, I'm constantly trying to, trying to write like new stuff and, and test it out. But sometimes there's something where it's like, it's such a funny premise to me. And, and I, I don't get any laughs the first time I tell it. I don't get any laughs the second time. I, I'm trying to tweak it third time. I'm like, how is this funny? It's definitely funny to me. 
Yeah. Like, how do I make it funny to these people that are listening to me? And, and then finally you get there. And so, yeah, now I've told that joke, you know, 20 <laughs> times, but now I'm at a spot where it's funny. Like, and it could just be changing a couple of words in the order of words. It. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's the art Absolutely. form. That's the art within the art. I think, I think it is an art form for sure, but <laughs> If, if it is an art form, then I'm probably the most abstract of all the artists. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I mean, and uh, knowing you uh, as little as I do, I think just, that's true. I'm just the guy with the fucking paintbrushes just screaming while the fucking music's playing. <laughs> just watching me. <laughs> oh, my Well, Trevor, outside of comedy, what are some other interests you have as far as arts go? Uh, you know, with visual arts necessarily, not necessarily uh, music or if music is something you're very interested in. But what are some of the kind of artsy uh, other topics and, and things and interests you have? Um, I, I do love music. I mean, music is a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. I love finding new music. I, I love listening to the old stuff. I just... I, I really love the expression of music, um, but I love, I don't know, visually, I love graffiti art and I love comic books. Like that, that's two art mediums that are just insane to me. <laughs> they, they're so good. Now, now educate me a little bit on comic books. I mean, I know what they are, obviously. Um, have they changed much over the years? I mean, did, did this start kind of way back, you know, with the uh, superheroes and stuff? What, yeah, yeah. And I, I've, I've seen them evolve. Mm -hmm. um, and what's crazy is I feel like they've been writing uh, for our generation for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So like, as as the stories have gone on, they've gotten darker. And it's it's kind of maybe a little bit more mature subject material, you know, DC now does a black label where it's very legit and crazy <laughs> stories, you know? And, and um, I, I really think that they've sold comic books to, to my age group for a long time. Um, <laughs> I think that they've evolved with us kind of like the same way video games evolved with my generation because, you know, I was kind of at the, I was a little kid when they first came out and, yeah. and I watched them evolve with me, you know? But, but it's interesting, like, with all this technology we have now, video games, uh, on podcasts, all these... How, uh, how can comic books Yeah, exist, where right? do comic books fit in? I mean, are there... Is it still a very it's popular a dying medium? Art form. It's dying, okay. And, and, but I do think that they will exist in a digital space, and they do exist in a digital space now. You know, there's a DC app that I have where mm -hmm. I get... They have comic books on there you can read digitally. And I will read a comic book on my, you know, 70 inch screen. And it's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Well, well, talk to me about kind of the differences, the different types of comic books. Like it, I, I know a little uh, or so I, I listened to a little bit from uh, my lovely girlfriend, Valerie, who's very much into comic books. And she's always uh, bless God bless her. She's always trying to tell me the difference between DC and Marvel and yeah, yeah, all these. Yeah. She's very passionate about it. So I mean, what are your kind of thoughts on? I the... don't know. I I think that they're all good. Like mm -hmm. like each each company has had its run where it's like not been as good or or whatever. But but now there's so many good writers out there that I think you can like 
anything. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, what did we say before? Art, art is subjective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're either going to like one or the other and, <laughs> and, or you're going to like image or IDW, you know, or a more independent publisher, you know, and, uh, it's, it's just what you're into. No, oh, very much. Yeah. And, and okay. For instance, I would say the past 10, maybe 15 years, even there has been a, a craze we'll say with superhero movies. Oh and yeah, for sure. It's just been one movie after another uh, from all these comic books. And most of them have been pretty good. Like, yeah. it's pretty cool. Uh-huh. I mean, as someone who's never really been into comic books and stuff, I, I, I don't know. Some of the superhero movies, I'm just like, okay, another one? But yeah. I know they're all telling a story, too, connecting uh, other movies and comic books, too, right? Yeah, it's it's become quite a big universe, you know? <laughs> I, I think that there's, honestly, I think there's could be a superhero media medium for mm -hmm. just about anybody. I mean... If if you wanna if you really wanna dive into it, I mean, how, what did you think of that movie, The Joker? You know, like that that movie was crazy, very good, based on a comic book. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I just think that I really think that uh, it's it's kind of hard to explain. I I think that they've done such a good job in Marvel with mm -hmm. their movies. And I think there's been some independent ones that have been really good independent projects. And I'm really excited for the medium to come. HBO just announced they're going to be doing a live action Batman show to coincide with the new movies that are coming out. Okay. So that's really going to give them a chance to expand, you know, that universe. <laughs> I've always been a fan of Batman. I haven't, I've tried Spider-Man and the Flash and Superman. I've watched when I was a kid and everything. Batman has always stuck with me and been like, I don't know. It's hard to say realistic, but, you know, he doesn't have the superpower. He's just a, a guy. And yeah, I know. A rich guy. What yeah, are the yeah. chances of, of being orphaned and having all this money and this and that? A yeah, rich guy. Yeah. But, but still, it's always like made more sense to me that, you know, Batman... Uh, could exist. I don't yeah, know, yeah, you know? sure, like, sure. Well, they de they definitely do a good job at adapting it, making mm -hmm. him feel like a real character. Yeah, but except for like Ben Affleck, you know, but, <laughs> um, but I I don't know. I've I've always been a Batman fan. Uh, the Joker, especially, yeah. like has always, you know, when I was a little kid, my mom would say, "Who's your favorite comic book character?" You know, and I'd say the Joker, and she'd say, "No, no." No, why? Like, no, it's a bad know? guy. Yeah. Um, and I just always thought his antics were fun, and even though they resulted in the death of thousands, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious <laughs> yeah, every time. Um, and he always had a way of getting under Batman's skin. Like he was the only one that could do that. Okay, so so here's a tough question. Well, maybe it's not a tough question, but I'm gonna throw it out to you. Okay, since Joker's kind of your guy. Uh, it's been it's had many different portrayals. You got Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, maybe I'm leaving someone out. Who? Yeah, yeah, you are. Don't worry about it. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who are your? I don't know. Where, where do you see those performances as far as ranking? Maybe or who your favorite Joker character is? I I don't know. They were all very different performances. I think mm -hmm. my very least favorite of all time would be that jerk that did it in that Suicide Squad movie. Like oh, Jared yeah, was, Leto. Oh, he sucks. That was bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I think Caesar Romero did good in the you know in the sixties. Yes. His portrayal as the Joker. I think that I think that Jack Nicholson was great. I think Heath Ledger and, and Joaquin Phoenix 
were legendary, but if if you want to talk about legendary jokers, there's only one, and his name's Mark Hamill. <laughs> he that guy is the the undisputed king of yeah. that character. <laughs> there is a difference though, too, right? In in for instance, television shows versus movies, because in a movie you just get that two two and a half hour glimpse into that character, whereas the television shows, uh, and it could be any comic now or any, sure, you know, sure. it's a very different look outlook on a character. You can see kind of their in and out things are doing weekly almost. Whereas with a movie, it's like, okay, this moment, this singular moment, these couple of hours, this, this is it's all led up to right, right here. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's what was really cool about the Marvel movies because mm-hmm. that's what, what was it like 31 movies to get to the end. Like that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Like what a buildup. So yeah. you really don't have too much to build up once the event comes it's just the event you know Mm -hmm. and and so but yeah if you do it episodic obviously you have a lot of uh a lot more freedom to to portray the character and but he portrayed the character mark hamill did through shows uh, animated movies video games uh he he portrayed that character for i think the better part of like 25 years (laughs) And, and undisputed undisputed yeah. yeah and it's it's crazy that uh not many people would even think of that and they'd be like oh, really mark camel and like yeah joker yeah, best joker ever <laughs> best one yeah no that's great stuff i i i love i mean i enjoyed the joker movie walking phoenix i thought he did a very good unique job uh i didn't think anyone would ever top jack nicholson and what heath ledger did the direction he took yeah. it yeah I love that, but that I can appreciate so both. Good. And yeah. then Joaquin was just amazing too. Yeah. It was, I think they all did. You know, it's funny because this is something I bring up and I always, Todd Phillips said he never wanted to do a sequel to it, but then they, I think the studio threw a little money at him and he's <laughs> like, okay, maybe we could do a sequel. As a sequel, like there's this, this, this series uh, called The Three Jokers and it's about three different Jokers from three different multiverses. And I'm like, well, this wow, this would really be the perfect opportunity for Todd Phillips <laughs> to do a completely different version of the Joker in this movie. Yeah. And then a completely different version of him in the third movie and not tie <laughs> any of them together except for the fact that they're the Joker. Yeah. And and I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do that, but it seems like a terrific opportunity to. Well, and here's another uh, subject. In, in today's world, so the past, again, five, ten years, it seems like it's been remake after remake after remake, a different twist on something, kind of what you're saying with this, these Joker opportunities. I, I mean, are we just out of original ideas as far as movie and, and film goes? I don't think so. I still think there's some, some pretty original stuff coming out, but I do also think that, you know, yeah, I mean, of course, I, I but I, I don't know. I think that with the progress of society, and then the more we figure out about history, there's always going to be something there that, that could be content for, you know, a movie, a new story, uh, you know, but it, yeah, you, you just have to think harder. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's original stories coming out in novels all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, so how, how could there not be opportunity, you know, for new stories? Yeah, definitely. And, and some of my most favorite movies and shows and documentaries, they, they're about real things. They're about history. I love hearing about history from different standpoints, especially like 
uh, wartime and, and all these different things that have happened throughout history. So for me, I can watch something over and over about one subject from different perspectives. So I guess that's how you kind of look at some of these remakes and, and things that they're doing. They seem to be doing a lot of it with, um, superhero movies oh my god and there's so much more to come <laughs> oh i know let me tell you 2021 is going to be a crazy year for superhero movies. wow wow it's, uh i i gotta tell you though like <laughs> don't don't if you're into superhero movies don't sleep on the animated stuff it's pretty good <laughs> absolutely oh man well i'll keep my eye out for some batman stuff for sure that's uh, definitely a soft spot for me uh well you mentioned uh not too long ago uh, another interest outside of uh, comic books uh, is graffiti art. I mean, that's something you don't hear every day. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 definitely something I hear every day. Because, <laughs> uh, but I just uh, I always think that those artists. I mean, yeah, it's vandalism, but man, they they've got such balls to get out there and to make something ugly look nice. Okay. and put some art on it and and introduce that art so that you know 500,000 people drive by it in a day and and maybe it hits 10 of them brightens their day a little bit who knows mm -hmm. you know i know i'm not talking about the just the base base tagging you know but i am talking about art mm -hmm. so so where would you draw the line then it, between you got art form there's there's all these different murals and things hey and i think if you get caught you get caught <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, I don't think it should be legal to do it because obviously then everything would be, everything would be tagged up and it wouldn't always be pretty and nice, you know, and, and you'd get taggings over the pretty stuff, you know, and, then, <laughs> and but I, I do think that there are some people that do it, that their, their underground fame and popularity is, is insane. Mm -hmm. And I, it's gotta be a rush. It's gotta be. There's definitely some interest, especially in LA. I mean, there's a ton. Oh my god! There's a ton of murals and really, you're like, man, someone did that with a spray can. That's crazy. Uh, but you know, there, there's also something to be said, like you said, about vandalism. People doing it on people's buildings, unless they're cool with it. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it. I do know that spray painting someone's someone's business or a wall that isn't theirs. It's like, wait a minute, how could you do that? But there's also arguments to be said, well, this is, again, it's expressive art. So yeah. I'm just curious where the line kind of is. I, I, you know, I think, I think some of the, the graffiti laws are ridiculous mm -hmm. in California. Um, I definitely think there should be laws against it. Otherwise, it would just be mayhem, free for all. But, but I, I don't know. I think that, I think that it's up to the building owners what they want on the side how they want to present the side of their buildings mm -hmm. but i also i i don't know I, there's something to me that's so cool that this guy <laughs> was able to sneak you know on the side of the glass of like a four-story four high-rise so, so like, for you it's like it's the appreciation of the rush to it like you just said it's the rush to it it's the fact that those guys do that really fast yeah. like no one understands and then there's pieces that take a few days <laughs> Which means now they've got to pick their days because if the cops see like an outline to something, they're like, "Oh, maybe we should check this out tomorrow." <laughs> you know? They'll be back. Like, yeah. like, it's the art form is cool, but I think the uh, getting away with it is is so much more of the art form. <laughs> I, I'm hearing more and more of the Joker coming out of you, Trevor. This is <laughs> definitely I could see uh, some of the things you say there. <laughs> 
as being a member of the I, Joker Squad. I think it's like an anti-societal thing, but I, I do think it's very punk rock. Yeah. And I think it's 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 a reminder that the people still have power. Yeah. Okay, I hear you there. What uh how did you get that? How did you get that interest? I mean, we just saw a subway one day, you're like, oh man, that's a cool painting. Or like, Yeah, I just just it started speaking to me more and more, you know, the the sharp lines or the bubbly lines or the the little characters I would see. <laughs> the you know, I and then I would start identifying different artists and and I would start seeing these guys, you know, in this area and that area. And, and you know, there's this one guy, AIDS. <laughs> AIDZ, and he he has both sides of the 101 overpass over the 110. So when you're leaving LA, you got AIDS, and when you're going oh into LA, you goodness. got AIDS. And and it's been there for like forever. <laughs> and, and to me, it's just so great that he hung himself off the side of that bridge with a, a harness and put that there <laughs> just what a what a fuck you <laughs> it's so cool man and then i'll see his stuff as far south as like you know redondo beach i'll see like an eight somewhere i'm just wow i'm just like that guy is everywhere in the city yeah his I, mark is everywhere yeah i i get i get the artistic side I, I also you know i see sometimes and it's in residential stuff and i like i remember sure yeah by our house some some guy spray painted some symbol it wasn't a colorful picture or anything. It was just no, some symbol. No, no, like, Hey, no. I was here. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? But then if it was like one of my favorites, it's in the Highland park. And it's a, <laughs> it's a, the gremlin with the 3d glasses eating popcorn. And he looks like so excited <laughs> that the movie's starting. Like, like if it was that, you'd probably fucking say, Oh, what the, f-? Oh, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, <laughs> uh, I can't be too mad. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. Well, property's property too. So yeah, I, yeah. it's, it's a fine it's a, line. It's, it's definitely a, a gray area, but I, I just think it's just, it's one of those forms of expressive art that because it's illegal, it's more expressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can tell you like, a lot of things. Uh, well, something that I think you see a lot of in LA is a lot of like, uh, murals, murals yeah. to, uh, athletes or famous actors or whatever it well, may be. Kobe murals are, yeah. are have been a thing since you know the day he died. Like, yeah. like immediately, taggers and and bombers went and just went nuts in the city, mm-hmm. and they made some of the coolest Kobe murals. So right now, I've actually I I didn't notice I was doing it until I got like um, fifty or sixty in, and then I noticed, oh wow, I'm taking pictures of a lot of Kobe Bryant murals wow and and i'm thinking to myself well i've got the locations for you know each picture that i took and and i would like to print a a coffee table book about this and you know so i'm kind of putting that together right now and just bring you know kobe's memory a little bit more resonance that's pretty fascinating man i I, i'm seeing the city yeah there's a ton of that stuff everywhere so I mean, have you kind of you kind of gone all over the West Side, Hollywood, and seen all these different things? I, I, when I think I've gone all over is when I find two more of them, <laughs> and, and then and you find them in like the filthiest neighborhoods, from the filthiest like neighborhoods to like, and I'm not saying that's a poor neighborhood. I've seen rich neighborhoods that are fucking filthy too. Yeah, but um, I think that I think that you just find them anywhere you go and i will find them in the back of a liquor store in toluca lake and you're like 
how the fuck did this happen? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so cool. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just so cool to find that kind of stuff and, and to be surprised by it. We LA's had some uh, big time figures and and that death in in late January, if we only knew that that was only going to be the beginning, what a screwed up year 2020 was uh, for all of us. I mean, I've never seen LA and Southern California react to a a death like that. It was, he was so young, the kids that were involved, everyone on that helicopter, just a terrible moment in, uh, in our history. And yeah, to, I, I agree with you. Seeing all those murals, they popped up everywhere. Every time you turned a corner, you'd see one and like, man, yeah. the city cares and people just really trying to honor his memory and, and his and his family as well and everyone who was lost on that helicopter crash. What a what a crazy time that was. And those those walls can get painted at any time. So so you wanna photograph it so that it's not just a memory. Like I it's something I can maybe in the future show somebody and and, you know, I, I, I think that it's a nice way to honor him mm-hmm. and, and his memory. He, I, I don't think Kobe would be against it. Yeah, you know, Kobe would be, all right, that's cool. You got, you got some stuff on the streets. and <laughs> So a coffee table, huh? Or coffee, ta- coffee, bo- table, coffee book. table book. Yeah. yeah. What, what were you thinking of naming it? I, you know what? I'm not, I haven't even gotten that no, far yet. Just... I want to get the pictures together first and then, and then see what, comes to mind you know interesting and maybe if if i could get a hold of the bryant estate or you know vanessa bryant I'd, or you know maybe get her opinion on what she would like it to be called you know or you know or if she even would like it published i who knows yeah you know, there's just so many <laughs> questions so i uh yeah we'll figure it out that man. that's pretty cool man what will we'll keep us posted i don't and... want to make any money off of it either i mean i i would give the proceeds to the Mamba, you know, uh, to, to his, his foundation, you know, and I, I just think that it's something that needs to be out there. Oh, absolutely. No, it sounds like a, a great idea. And uh, yeah, if, if, uh, if I see anything out about, I'll probably, you've probably seen things uh, more than I have, but if I see anything, yeah, I'll take a picture and Hey man, check this out. Um, put together for your collection. I think yeah. it's a great idea. It really is. Uh, well, speaking of Kobe, I mean, Trevor, we talked on like the NHL, how you're a huge hockey guy. I mean, were you a, it's hard not to be in LA, right? And or be in LA and not be a basketball fan, right? Or, yeah, or, or yeah. I wasn't you... always a basketball fan. No. Yeah, I was not. It was in my family. My grandmother was like <laughs> one of the biggest Laker fans you've ever seen. But actually, both my grandmothers were. Um, but I was never that into basketball as a kid. Um, even though, I mean, obviously, I grew up in some insane eras you know? yeah 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 <laughs> like, um, we're very spoiled out here <laughs> yeah definitely but yeah i was never a big basketball i was I guess more I, I liked baseball but i gotta tell you i i really liked it more for the, the camaraderie that i felt you know but i never really liked it that much yeah. you know i wasn't a big sports guy growing up honestly like but just you took off with hockey, you fell in love with it. And yeah, for some reason that spoke to me later in life. And then there it is. Yeah. It's interesting. It's fascinating stuff. That was like more, you know, X games, like stuff like, well, even that didn't come around until I was 21 <laughs> anyway, but, but like, I, I liked BMX and, and stuff like that, you know, skateboarding, more extreme sports, I guess. Oh, okay. Snowboarding. Matt Hoffman. Wakeboarding. Yeah. That was yeah, a great yeah. documentary too. That was, that was pretty awesome. Oh, man. man. So extreme sports. Yeah. You strike me as that kind of guy. 
kind of that extreme sports stuff. Yeah, there was there was a lot more interest for me in that <laughs> because it was stuff that I was doing too, like oh, really? uh, wakeboarding and, and surfing and, and things of that nature. So, <laughs> oh man, well, I mean, one last, I mean, kind of wrapping it up, but like, what? Okay, it's been a crazy couple of months here. Or I should say more than a couple, uh, half a year, we'll say here in 2020. And we've seen the COVID lockdown. We've seen uh, a lot of people arguing and fighting and all these different things going on. And again, without getting into too much of it, uh, are you just, I've, I've met you a few times and interacted a few times. Are you just the, has it affected you a ton in your outlook on life or your, the way you go about your business? Or are you still, even in a, a dark time like we're in, just looking for, looking for uh, content for comedy, looking, uh, hey, hoping to see your next NHL game, going to work and then working on elevators. Has there been a whole lot of things that have changed for you? Or you yes. just, yeah? yeah, what's it been like? It's been a lot bleaker. Um, mm -hmm. I've always had kind of a bleak outlook on life, but now it's it's, it's gotten pretty bleak. Mm -hmm. Like just because I, I don't know really who to trust or what side to be on or like, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I just, it just yeah. seems like everyone's so maniacal right now. And, and everybody, I really wish like there were like life referees and, and, <laughs> and like these refs would not always make the right call, but like they would come in and say, all right, everybody stop, shut the fuck up. There's been a timeout call. And then like you here, you say, give us your case in your best, like, 30 words, you know, and then here you plead your case. Now we can make a, a argument about it without, without everybody just screaming and yelling at each other all the time, you know? And that's a, that's a great analogy, man. I, I love it. It's a, and as a, someone who's a sports official and I can totally relate. And I think, yeah, sometimes you do need someone to just step in and be like, all right, everybody shut up and let's, let's uh, figure let's a few things out. out. Yeah. yeah what I a concept. Think, I think that a lot of the messages get mixed and, and lost and, People don't really necessarily know what they're fighting against on both sides. And, mm -hmm. and I think that uh, the, it just needs to be put in clearer terms on everybody's part. Oh, man. And, amen to that. Seriously, amen. That's, uh, that's great stuff. And I, I think you and I are a similar outlook in the sense of, you know what, if we're not going to get along, we could, we could at least have a few things to laugh about. I mean, there's gotta be comedy, yeah. whatever. I, I laugh I at get things. along with so many different types of people. Oh, that's and, what it's about. And it's, it's really sad to me to see such crazy division. And it's not even, it's, it, it's, it's just crazy. I know. It's all nuts. That's all we feel. As, as George Carlin used to say, it's all bullshit and it's all bad for you. <laughs> So well said, man. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you've given me a few quotes to uh, carry with me for sure. Uh, you know what? Let, yeah, let's get out and laugh. Even if it's, again, things that go against my beliefs, I can still find them funny. What a concept. Yeah, like, yeah. people are so sensitive. Like, dude, just laugh. Laugh. Laughter is a great thing. And, and I don't know if it's a solution for everything that's going on, but it definitely, not, you know. It's just a, it's, it's a. It's a band-aid. Yeah, know. that's it. It's sometimes but we you know we're bleeding out, so maybe a band-aid is a start. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. You yeah. know, it's a start. <laughs> let me get my uh let me get my Instagram out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> that that's one team, two cups. Oh yeah. Instagram. Yes. And uh <laughs> that is the you gotta spell out one O N E team, the number two, and then cups. <laughs>
one team, two cups. Trevor Lynn, check him out on Instagram. <laughs> He's uh, quite an active uh, Instagram guy. I got out of house to say it, but yeah. If you're uh, looking for some entertainment, some comedy, some uh, whatever, no, you check just, him out. <laughs> I just fucking, it's just bullshit. Just follow me. I, That's I don't it. Cares. I'll barely ever be on your feed at all. <laughs> <laughs> if your followers blow up uh, later this week, hey, I'll let you know. You let me know, man. You let me know, and if you get, hey, maybe just one more, hey, whatever. Let's make some progress. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I like, I like following you. It's some funny stuff. But anyway, well, Trevor, thanks for being here, man. Anything? Closing thoughts? Anything else? Anything you want to say? The floor is yours. Yeah, can everybody just shut the fuck up for 15 seconds, please? That's it. <laughs> 15 seconds. Take a breath. I love it. Oh, man. Well, Trevor, thanks for being here. I know you got a flight to catch to get back to uh, La Crescenta area uh, from here at Eastvale here soon. But uh, thanks for being here, man. It was a lot of fun. It really was. Definitely, man. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Trevor Lynn for coming on the program today. It was a blast. Thank you for coming on over the weekend, cooking up some food for uh, us and our guests and just hanging out, having a good time and recording on Sunday. It was a great weekend. We don't get to hang out enough, but the times we do, it's been an absolute blast. So thanks again, Trevor. Uh, Great program. And thanks for sharing some of your stories and some of the things that you're interested in. Hopefully uh, other people out there enjoyed it as much as I did. Well, tomorrow, guys, we will be joined by Shalimar Jackson. He is a former football official. We worked together on a college crew for a year or two, and kind of our paths crossed uh, doing some college football. Neither of us do college football anymore, but we uh, we still stay in touch a little bit here. Really excited about some of the things his kids are doing, uh, both on the athletic field and in music. He'll share all those things. Shalimar uh, worked works currently in the jails for the uh, San Diego County uh, Sheriff's Department. He used to work in Child Protective Services, so he's going to talk a little bit about that. He'll talk about some uh, football officiating stories. He also uh, played college football at New Mexico State University, so he's going to share about what that experience was like playing Division I college football and then how he transitioned into football officiating, which is where we ended up meeting and uh, became very good friends. So that should be a fun interview for you guys to listen to tomorrow. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, That's uh, who will be on our program for Tuesday as we uh, get things going here on another week of the Get Home Safe podcast. I mentioned last week, guys, a couple times that, you know, we have this feature on the Anchor app. If you go on Anchor, you can go to our podcast. It says add a message. You can leave a voice message, almost like a caller calling into a radio show, but you leave your message on uh, any content suggestion. Maybe you want my thoughts on a... uh, something that's going on or you have a question for me or you say hey matt i heard you talk about this i think you're full of it whatever you want to do uh, it's an option if you're not interested i totally get it but i thought i would continue to promote it just in case someone wants to uh, jump on there and, and check it out so that's an option that is on the anchor app only but wherever you listen to our podcast we greatly appreciate your support we are available through a lot of different platforms apple spotify a few other platforms as well We operate through the Anchor app, as you are well aware from some of our earlier episodes and discussions. Uh, They make it really easy. They really do, uh, even for a 
tech, non-tech guy like me. So thank you to Anchor for that. Guys, continue to follow us on our various social media platforms. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. And finally, our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. I think I screwed that up. Yes, I did. Try that one more time. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. Sorry for the confusion. We do what we can here. My apologies. Anyway, guys, as we mentioned, or as Trevor mentioned, I should say, he mentioned his uh, Instagram uh, page. If you want to check him out, check out what he was, uh, some of the things he he does and, uh, you know, likes to share with other people. One team, two cups. Be sure to check it out if you're interested in more about our guest from today in Trevor Lynn. And a big thank you to him for coming on the program. Well, we look forward to you joining us tomorrow on the Get Home Safe podcast for our second episode of the week. We will be joined by Shalimar Jackson, as we mentioned. So be sure to tune in for that one tomorrow. And guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.